1: Hi, Pastor Dale here at Church of the Redeemer, and I just want to encourage you to mark your calendar for June three and four, June the third and the fourth, Saturday and Sunday, because Nick Voytcheck is going to be with us here at Church of the Redeemer. Nick, as you may know about his ministry, was born with no arms and no legs, but he has a vibrant relationship with Jesus and a great motivational message that you don't want to miss. So. 6pm, 9am, 11am, 1pm at the Gaithersburg campus, 9am, 11am at the Frederick campus. You can get more information at church-redeemer.org, but whatever you do, don't miss Nick Voicic on the weekend of June 3 and 4.
2: Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, senior pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us.
1: Well, today we continue our series of messages entitled Smart Living, and I want to talk today about a very important topic. I'll introduce the topic to you in just a moment, but let me see if I can lay a little bit of the foundation for what I want to share with you today. If I were to ask you this question, indeed I am asking you this question, what one thing would make your life better. What one thing could you do or one thing that you could be that would actually improve the quality of your life? I would submit to you today that one thing that would make your life better and my life better is if all of us were a little bit smarter. Would you agree with me? Okay. Have a little more smarts. Now, I'm not talking about smarts as it relates to intellect or academic achievements and those kind of things. No, I'm talking about the Bible kind of smarts. I'm talking about a heart level of, of smartness, if you will, a spiritual knowledge, a spiritual understanding that the Bible refers to as wisdom. And the scripture is very clear about the importance of us developing a life of wisdom. And wisdom will always make your life better. The book of Proverbs really is a book that's all about wisdom. It was given to us by King Solomon, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And what you might think of when you think of Proverbs is all these little short statements that are found in the 31 chapters, and they're sort of a download, if you will, of wisdom from God. See, Solomon prayed a prayer that God would give him wisdom, and and God answered that prayer, and he became the wisest man that lived, obviously apart from Jesus Christ himself, who is wisdom himself. But during his days, Solomon was the wisest man around. God downloaded to him this wisdom from above, and you find 31 chapters chock full of wisdom. Download wisdom. Downloaded wisdom for your life. That's why, for example, as a part of this series, we really encourage you to read at least one chapter of the book of Proverbs uh, every day as we're going through this series together. We have a reading guide for you. It's available at church-redeemer.org. I hope that you've downloaded that and uh, that you're reading along with us. Because just reading a chapter from the book of Proverbs every day starts that process of educating you spiritually and giving you that one thing that will make your life better and that is the wisdom or the smartness that comes from God it's something that we need to continually grow in in our lives and according to proverbs one of the key elements of wisdom is the word that i want to introduce to you today and that's this word if i can find a place to write it is the word trust the bible says the book of proverbs teaches us that you'll never grow wise unless you learn to trust. Trust is a big issue with God. It's a big issue for our lives, as we're going to see as we walk through today's message. And by the time you get to the third chapter of the book of Proverbs, we're introduced to this this idea, this important element, this wise thing called trust, in a verse or verses that many of you know well. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your paths straight. What is the first word in that verse? Trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. We're going to unpack this today. Let me give this to you from two other paraphrases. From the message a paraphrase, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. The Living Bible paraphrase gives it to us this way, in everything you do, put God first. And he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. The Bible teaches us that if we're going to be wise, if we're going to grow in wisdom, we must learn something about trust. Today, I'm going to share with you things that we need to understand about trust as the Bible gives it to us, this key principle, this key aspect of wisdom in our life. The first thing the Bible is teaching us here is that trust is something that's very healthy for our lives. I think all of us want to be healthy people. We don't want to be broken people. And so part of growing in health and becoming healthy is learning how to trust. And according to the Bible, you can't be smart, you can't be wise without it. It's essential for your health. It's essential for happiness. It's the way God created you. God created you to be a trusting person. See, people with little or no trust live a fearful life. They live a life that is limited, oftentimes very restricted, very negative. Many times people who have little trust in their life live very isolated lives. A lot of folks have trust issues. When you have trust issues, it's going to diminish the quality of your life. You need trust if you're going to grow, why? Because you have to trust opportunities that will come your way. You have to trust enough to be teachable, trust enough to have confidence in someone helping you on your journey. You need trust for your emotions to be healthy, for you to be able to find strength inside, to have a spirit that is strong. It requires a dimension of trust. You need trust for your relationships to be strong. You can't build a friendship without trust. You can't build a marriage without trust. You can't. Be an effective part of any group of people without having some level of trust, and you certainly will never be able to develop to full to your fullest extent your relationship with God without trust. And so, trust is essential to every part of your life. Trust is something that is very healthy for you to have. God created you with the need to be able to trust, with the capacity and the need to trust. Here's our second principle today. Trust involves choices. In Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, we saw a moment ago the first word in the NIV translation, trust in the Lord. The word trust there in the Hebrew language is a word that literally means to attach yourself to something or someone or to throw your weight on. That's perhaps a better rendering of the Hebrew word. Throw your weight over on something and rest securely and rest confidently in whatever you've thrown your weight over on. And the definition throwing your weight over on something implies a choice. You choose to throw your weight over on something. You, tr- you choose to rest securely and confidently in something. So I'm not sure if I understand that concept in a practical way. Let's see if I can bring you to a practical understanding of it. All of you practiced it just a few moments ago. I've used this illustration in the past. It's perhaps the best illustration that I can use. When we came in today, we stood together, we sang worship songs, we had a time of prayer and ministry, and then I encouraged you to swing around, say hi to people, and then please take your seat. You know what you did? when After you've said hi to the people around you, you took your seat. What you did is you cast your weight upon your chair. There's not a single, and some of you ha- added a little more to it this week than was there last week, okay? And that's probably me included, Okay. But the point being is you didn't think about whether the chair was going to hold you up. You didn't worry about it. Maybe some of you have even had bad experiences with chairs, chairs in the past, right? You ever had a chair fail you? I've had chairs fail me before, and and nevertheless, somehow you still, when I said, let's please take our seat, you didn't think about it. You just plopped yourself down, and you were completely comfortable, and you haven't thought about it since that. You haven't even thought, I'm sitting, I just reminded you of that fact just then. You didn't even think about it. Why? Because you were trusting in something that was holding your weight. That's the meaning of the word trust. That's the Hebrew, the literal Hebrew meaning of the word trust. And so we have to learn to cast our weight over on certain things. That's what trust and relationship is all about. But here's the key to remember. You have to have the right kind of trust and the right kind of things, okay? I would highly recommend that you not trust a three-legged chair. <laughs> you need to assess the fact, only three legs there, not sure I can trust it, okay? And so you set your trust in things that are worthy of your trust. And many times we make very poor choices when it comes to trust. That's why we get ourselves in trouble at times. And this is especially true when it comes to what I would call your areas of primary trust. The most important basic foundational trust dimensions of your life. Where are you placing your primary or foundational trust? Where is your trust? And unfortunately, we are putting our trust many times in things that are never meant to be the primary source of trust in your life. Let me see if I can illustrate that for you or explain that to you. Sometimes people say, well, I'm going to trust, but I'm only going to trust myself. I only trust me. Okay. And there are a lot of people that live their lives that way. And so their primary trust is in themselves. Could I just suggest to you that's not very wise? Do you think you really know everything that you need to know about making every decision you need to make in your life that you should be confident enough to actually trust you? Do you know your own history? Okay. Are you aware of some of the things that you and I have done throughout our lives? Why would you say, I only trust Myself. It is a silly way to live. Proverbs chapter 28. Look at this. A man, read it with me, is a fool to trust himself. But those who use God's wisdom aren't safe. Some people trust their stuff. Well, I'll feel secure if I can have the right kind of house or a certain amount of money and all these various things. And so they try to shore up their lives by their confidence in the stuff that they have. Let me quickly remind you, stuff can disappear. Stuff can go away. The Bible refers to our stuff as stuff that can be eaten up by moths and rusted and corroded by the elements of this world. And so that's why we're told to lay up treasures in heaven. There are a lot of people who thought they were really secure with all the material possessions that they had and something happened in their life and they were not so secure any longer. The Bible warns about this as well. Trust in your, you guys with me today? Trust in your money and down you go. Trust in God and flourish as a tree. It does not say anything about having money. It says trusting in your money. Amen. Amen. It's a big difference there. As it goes back in the New Testament, money is not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. And so it's your trust in money that brings you down. Some people trust in their power. They trust in their prestige. If I can just achieve a certain level of significance in my life, if I can be a part of the right group. If I can be someone that is acknowledged by people around me, then somehow I'm going to be secure enough to know that my life is settled. And they often build their life on their own ambitions. Again, we see in Proverbs 23:4. do not wear yourself out to get rich. Do not trust your own, what? Cleverness. And some people make the mistake of just trusting, putting their primary trust in other people. this is a delicate thing because we need to trust people. We need people in our lives. I need you and you need me. We need one another. And so there's a certain level of trust that we have to have in people to be able to navigate the world that we're in. But your primary trust does not need to be in people because people can never meet every need in your life And people will never always be there for every circumstantial face in your life. You need something beyond the human relationships of your life. And so people oftentimes trust in other people and find that they end up in the terrible emotional pain and trouble because of betrayal and hurt. Putting confidence in an unreliable man is like chewing with a sore tooth or trying to run on a broken foot doesn't sound very exciting, does it? Okay. Look at this one. Trusting a double crosser when you're in trouble is like biting down on an abscess tooth. Some people just are going to let you down. And if your primary source of trust is in people, you're really setting yourself up for trouble. Trust involves choices. Who or what are you choosing as the primary source of trust in your life? Let's go to the third point. Here's our third thing. Trust in God is wise. Now, in my notes right there, I had a really big, the congregation will respond with a big amen, hallelujah, okay? That's in my notes right there, okay? No, no, it's too late now, okay? doesn't doesn't count if I have to tell you, okay? Should I give you a second chance? Trust in God is wise, okay? Trust in God is wise, okay? We show that we're gaining wisdom when we begin trusting God as our primary source. You start, you start saying, hey, that guy's got a little bit of wisdom in his life. He's trusting the right thing, the right one. See, there's only one secure foundation to build your life upon, and that is the Lord. There's no other foundation that you can really count on. And the kind of trust, this kind of trust that I'm referring to here in the Bible refers to as the wise kind of trust, is a very personal kind of trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. It's not, you. I can't do it for you and you can't do it for me. I can support you when you're going through a difficult season and you can support me when I'm going through a difficult season. But at some point in time, you need to have your own trust in God. Young people, you can't lean on your parents' faith. You need your own faith. Amen? And parents, you can't lean on mom and dad or grandma's faith. You've got to have your own faith. You can't lean on their prayers and their trust. You need to develop some trust in God yourself. It is very personal. So how do we do this? It starts, let me just lay that foundation, it starts by giving your life to Jesus. Amen. That's where it begins. And you know that as a pastor, I, I, one of the passions of my heart is to see people come to Jesus. There's nothing more important than that. He goes, I want to see miracles. I do too. You know the greatest miracles are? people being born again. That's the greatest miracle you'll ever see. Somebody coming to faith in Christ. Somebody giving their life to Jesus. And the whole trajectory of their life changes. And the trajectory of their family changes. Why? Because they surrendered their life to Christ. And so trusting God starts with a relationship with Jesus. If you want God in your life, you have God in your life by opening your life to His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the way to God. He is the truth to God. He is the only pathway that, that will lead you to the one that you need in your life. It starts there. Amen. So could I ask you today, could I plead with you today, if you've not opened your life to Jesus, it's wise. It's the wisest thing you will ever do in your life is to give your life to Christ. Amen. There's nothing of greater wisdom than that, to say, Jesus, come into my life. And at the end of today's service, I'm going to provide an opportunity for those who perhaps have never accepted Jesus as Savior of their lives. You can do it today. Don't do it. Don't say, I'll do it tomorrow. Today is your day. But it also involves believing now that Jesus is my Savior. And it's wise to trust God. So what does that mean? It means that I'm now, because I'm a part of God's family, I I can trust that God is going to take care of me. Because I belong to the family, so whatever I'm going through, as, I, as we mentioned earlier in the service, in our ministry time, that God loves me, and God is, is going to take care of me, whatever my needs might be. I don't have to spend my time worrying about supplying or take caring of the, take, taking care of the needs in my own life. God will take care of me, and God will take care of you. You can trust him. He'll take care of you. God's going to work on you. God sees stuff in you that needs to change. He sees things in me that needs to change. So God says, I'm going to work on you. I'm going to make you better. I'm going to get in there and heal those broken parts of your life that, that you've carried around with you, that limp in your soul that you've had for all these many years or decades. I'm going to heal that. I'm going to bring you deliverance. I'm going to work in your life to set you free. I, I, know, I don't, don't, don't want simply you to be a part of my family. I want you to have wholeness in your life. I'm going to complete the good work that I began in you. I'm going to help you through whatever you go through in life. I'll be there as your helper. You can trust me in any problem, situation. I'll be there to help you, and and I'll be there to use you. I have given you a purpose. There's something of a gifting that I've placed in your life, and you can trust me. You can trust me to take care of you. You can trust me to work on you. You can trust me to help you in the journey, whatever whatever you face in life, and you can trust that I'm going to use you for my glory glory and for my purpose let me just quickly divert for a moment if you're still alive God has a purpose for your life if you're still breathing there's a reason why you're living God has something for you to do there's a purpose to your life that he you can trust him to fulfill as you walk with him let's go to the fourth thing together the fourth thing that we see here is that trust in God is practical it's practical it's very practical look at this verse again Trust in the Lord with how much? All All your heart. So that doesn't sound very practical. How do I trust God with all of my heart? What does it mean to trust God with all of my heart? I'm going to break it down for you so it becomes very clear. To trust God with all your heart simply means this. It means that you invite or you bring God into every part of your life, okay? That's all it means. Trust the Lord with all your heart. That means that you trust him with your marriage. You trust him with your finances. You trust him with your profession. You trust him with whatever is a part of your life. You give it to God. You trust in God with all aspects of your life. And you seek to understand and apply God's word in every aspect of your life. What does God say about my marriage? I trust him in it. What does he say about it? What does God say about my finances? I trust him. What do I need to learn and do? In that realm of my life. I trust God with my business. What do I need to do to bring him into the business realms of my life? Trust God with how much? All of your heart. So all aspects of your life need to be brought under the umbrella of God Almighty, that you're defaulting to God in every realm of your life. It's very, very, very practical. Here's the next point that I want to share with you. This one, the fifth point, is your trust in God must be guarded. If trust in God is wise, are we listening together today? Do we all agree that trust in God is wise? We're all on that same page together? okay? Trust, if trust in God is the wise thing, wisest thing you can do with your life, then what do you think the devil's going to try to do in your life? Just think about it for a moment. If trusting God is the most important thing in your life, what do you think the devil's going to go after faster than anything else? He's going to do everything he possibly can, can to lie to you, to somehow try to discourage you, to try to tell you that God's not trustworthy, to let you start reading the circumstances of your life in such a way that they sort of tell you God doesn't care about me. And so the, the enemy, through his lying Intentions and his lying process will try to somehow move you off the foundation of trust, and that's why your trust in God needs to be guarded. Look at this very important statement here. Again, we're reading from the message paraphrase Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Notice this next statement, read it with me. Don't, I think we should read that again. Don't, what? Don't try. What do you spend a lot of your time doing? What? Trying to figure out everything on your own. There's one operational word there. Don't. Okay, okay. And that's exactly how the devil shows up in your life. Well, well, if God really loved you, why would this happen? if God really loves you, what's going on here? And you start trying to reason and factor things out in your mind. And that's why in the wisdom of God, this verse says, trust God from the bottom of your eye and don't try to figure out everything on your own. Because as soon as you get into the mindset of trying to figure out things that you can't figure out, you're left open to nothing other than speculation and imagination. And the devil loves to traffic in speculation and imagination your mind. It becomes a stronghold that pulls you down. That's why going over to the next chapter of the book of Proverbs, we're told this guard your now, I'll stop there for a moment. Trust in the Lord with all your guard your. So guard the trust of your heart. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life.
2: You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shields, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing.
1: Hi, Pastor Dale here at Church of the Redeemer. I just want to encourage you to mark your calendar for June 3 and four. June the third and the fourth, Saturday and Sunday, because Nick Vojachich is going to be with us here at Church of the Redeemer. Nick, as you may know about his ministry, was born with no arms and no legs, but he has a vibrant relationship with Jesus and a great motivational message that you don't want to miss. So 6 p.m., 9 a.m., 11 a.m., 1 p.m. at the Gaithersburg campus, 9 a.m., 11 a.m. at the Frederick campus. You can get more information at church-redeemer.org. But whatever you do, don't miss Nick Vujicic on the weekend of June 3 and 4.